Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Moms That Say Fuck, hosted by yours truly, Alana Kafitz and Dr. Dina Kulik. I'm Alana, the CEO and founder of Moms Toronto. We're on a mission to bring moms together and give them a great day, revolutionizing maternity leave. And I'm Dr. Dina Kulik. I'm a pediatrician and pediatric emergency medicine doctor. I provide no-nonsense child health advice, dispelling myths, and empowering parents to parent confidently and raise your healthiest kids. Together, we have six kids under eight. We are eager to chat with other moms, entrepreneurs, and interesting people about everything from sex to alcohol, sleep woes, and body shaming. We aren't afraid to talk about taboo topics or share our many opinions. We say it like it is and want to get to the heart of the issues facing moms and caregivers everywhere. Come join us. Um, hello, friends, Mama and the Papas. Welcome to Moms That Say Fuck. And we're so excited tonight to have our friend Aaliyah. She's the founder of Ma Brooke and Co., a natural personal care product company based in Toronto, Canada. She's also a very cool mom to our rambunctious four-year-old boy and a physiotherapist. Welcome. Thanks, guys. Thanks Welcome. for having me. Tell us about Ma Brooke and Co. Oh, Ma Brooke and Co truthfully is like my first baby <laughs> yeah so and it was like that accidental baby that you didn't know you wanted Oops. yeah <laughs> and, so, and you started a company before you had your kid yeah so uh-huh. i yeah i don't know do you we just oops business <laughs> i've never heard anyone say i had an oops business <laughs> it's a lot of work to start a business oops yeah. well it started out like you know it's kind of a traditional not uncommon maker story, right? Like I created something because I needed it. I couldn't find what I wanted. So this was back in like 2014. What was it? A deodorant, like a natural deodorant. Uh-huh. So back then, I don't know, do you guys wear like natural deodorant? I do, yes. Yeah? Uh-huh. Is this like a new thing or is this something that you have been doing for a while? Probably. I started wearing Tom's and then and then Green Beaver and then like Schmidt. Right. And that's what I go between now. Yeah. When I used to only wear a secret and whatever right. was in the department stores until I discovered it probably two and a half, I want to say three years ago. Yeah. So, so I haven't been as long, maybe but a year or something. I think when I'm pregnant, I'm like, I don't really care. And aluminum works, you know, like normal typical yeah, yeah. deodorants work. And then I start breastfeeding. I'm like, yeah, but they're kind of like in my armpit. So then I switch to something more natural. Yeah. And then I don't know why I end up finding myself back to the aluminum stuff. And then I go back again and back and forth. So yeah. I go back and forth. My now. body odor has changed dramatically since becoming a mom. Yes. So since I became a mom, that's when I just, I have a cousin in actually. In a good way or a bad way? Bad way. Yes. My body odor is 10 times more. <laughs> Hormones like, probably. It's cray cray. And it's like getting worse and not getting better. Matt's like, Matt, my husband would never say anything. He's like, you're smelling a little right, babe. I'm like, oh, fuck me. Time to take a shower. Yes. Have you ever noticed, Andrew? No. No. Andrew like doesn't notice. But you shower every day. Like, yes. Yeah, I do not shower every day. Oh, I have to. But I also I work, work out, out every day. Yeah. I don't work out as many times as I shower. Yeah. Um, but okay. it's also my wake up. I need a shower every day. Yeah. Like I, I need, not, not because the energy. I feel good. Yeah, I just like the wake up. Yeah. They say that. They say sometimes there's energy. People get energy from different temperature waters. Mm. So do you take a cold shower or a warm shower? No, I want to be someone who like can take like an ice shower. Yeah. You know, like Tim Ferriss style. Yeah. No, yeah. I cannot. I want it to be like, like hot, like scalding. Me too. I come out and I'm red. Yeah, that's what yeah. I want. Which is not good for my hair or my skin or whatever, but I, I like it. Uh, yeah, me too. I like the heat. Yes. I like okay, a hot so, tub. so you're four years, 2014. Yeah. So which is five and, five and a half years ago. Exactly. Yeah. So back then, like you guys are lucky to, you know, jump on and off this natural deodorant game yeah. 
fairly recently. You have yeah. lots of options now. Um, back in 2014, I literally couldn't find anything. I could just find, you know, some pastes that were available, like in a little jar that I had to like put on with my hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and f- to find that, I had to go like into Kensington Market, like into those kind of more hippy dippy natural stores. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not even like really grossed out by stuff. Like I'm a physio, so I see and touch gross things all the time. Mm-hmm. But I just like I wasn't into it. I wanted like a stick that like felt, you know, like the secret that I was using before. So anyhow, I just made my own. And um, I made it like me and my husband started using it and then my sister and then my friends. And I was like, hey, like this thing doesn't exist really. Like a, a deodorant in a stick that actually works, that's totally natural, that looks nice, that doesn't look like it should smell like, I don't know, patchouli and gun is wet. Like, mm-hmm. like a nice looking stick of deodorant that you wouldn't be super embarrassed to say I'm, you know, this like undercover hippie kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I was like, there's a space in the market for this. I'm going to do it. And like, I just did it. Mm-hmm. So that's what I mean by like my little oops baby, because mm-hmm. it wasn't really thought out super well, but I learned a lot as I go and I continue to do so. But so that was in 2014. And, um, so obviously it doesn't happen overnight, but like my launch date was, I don't know, something like November or December of 2014. And a couple weeks before that, I was like, oh, I'm pregnant. So this is great. I didn't really have a plan for this. I was like working a full-time job. I was like, I can just do this on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I did, and I continued to to do both and everything. So that was like, my Brook & Co is my first baby. Mm-hmm. And then like maybe, I don't know, six or seven months later, my real baby showed up. <laughs> <laughs> How come a lot of these deodorants still are like things you have to touch with your fingers? You know, I don't exactly know why other than the fact that it's hard to get the texture and the formulation in a stick because a lot of the natural deodorants on the market, like including my my deodorant, is made from a combination of like oils and butters and some kind of wax to hold it all together. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's like a truly natural deodorant, there's obviously nothing synthetic in it to give it that nice glide, that like powdery finish, like all these things that you can achieve, I imagine, quite easily and inexpensively like through synthetic stuff so Mm -hmm. I think it's easier just from a manufacturing perspective to you know combine it and pour it into a pot Um, you don't have to worry too much about it holding its you know form in a stick or whatnot Mm -hmm. so that's what I think and I think there's some people that are cool with that that put it on with their hands but Aliyah why were you why were you looking for this product in 2014? I was looking for the product because I suddenly became like quite aware you know relatively speaking about like what are we what are we doing to our aluminum. bodies? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. it wasn't just aluminum per se. I was trying to like... I can't say aluminum, by the way, very easily. Aluminum. Aluminum. Fuck it up. Okay, aluminum. 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 That was a lot of practice. Yeah. Okay. So I was trying to make like, you know, more natural and sort of like safer swaps mm-hmm. in my life. And like back then it was hard, especially like for like a woman of color to swap out makeup. Like mm-hmm. even now I can't hundred percent do it and I've completely given up and I'm cool with that. I'm cool with being like really a very, why don't like, you do that though? Why don't you just add to your line? No big deal. Add 10 more products. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like, you know what, to launch a new product is obviously like, expensive and hard and now there's tons of great brands out there that are like doing great things for women of color and even Mm -hmm. some of the more conventional brands um are using safer alternatives and you know personally from my own personal viewpoint I'm not really that um like it has to be 100% natural and clean for me I feel like truly with every aspect of my life as 
as long as it's a good choice or a better choice and it's sustainable and like a long-term type of an approach, mm-hmm. I feel like that's better than going like balls out and trying to make everything completely green and natural and yeah. clean. And then you hate the performance, you it's not the same experience and then you're going to give up and go back to everything else. So, And what was it about the product in the deodorant that you wanted to change? Like what was the ick factor for you? For me, it was kind of like what you said about when you're when you're breastfeeding and you feel like it's like right there, the baby's right. It was kind of that. I was like, I don't know. There's no like, I don't believe definitive research that shows that like using deodorant or antiperspirant with aluminum in it like directly causes or is correlated with breast cancer. But just like the whole idea that it could be and that the whole idea that we don't know the long-term effect of the chemicals, the various chemicals we're putting on our body and like the cumulative toxin load of all the things we put on ourselves, like that's more just like if there's something that works better, or just as good mm-hmm. and it's just as easy to use and it has ingredients that I know are not, I can probably, I can eat them. So I know they're not really going to harm me and it works. Like that's, that's enough for me. That's, that's mm-hmm. good for me. And from like a product standpoint with respect to my business, um, that's the same thing, right? Like I want the products to perform just as good, if not better than their conventional counterparts without any kind of potential, you know, all these hot buzzwords like toxin or, you know, carcinogens. Yeah, exactly. I think people are, I mean, th- I think for a long time, I mean, like the hippie dippy group, like you were describing, even yeah. since like the 60s and 70s, but then there's periods of time where people go through more, like, I want it to be all super clean. And I want totally. it to be organic and I want it yep. to be gluten free and right. whatever the case is. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people have hesitancy around products that they feel are not safe, even though a lot of things, there's no real evidence that they're not safe, you know? Totally. For years, forever, I felt uncomfortable about typical sunscreens, like typical chemical yeah. blocks, have always given me the creeps. It's not what I prefer to put on my kids. You know, yeah. since zinc-based sunscreens like came on the market years ago, that's like what I went for, even though they tend to not apply as nicely and as evenly, et cetera. Um, but it was always my kind of gut instinct that it didn't, it didn't sit well to me that we were like spraying our whole bodies and like aerosolizing yes. chemicals that you're breathing in. Not that... I knew before that they were dangerous, though there's increasing evidence that they are actually. Like the last couple of years, a lot of stuff has come out, but there's that ick factor is what I described, right? I think I've spoken about it before. You know, people talk about like organic foods or um, uh, hormones or estrogens and things, antibiotics given to cattle and that kind of stuff. For me, it's all about the ick factor. If it gives you an internal, like doesn't sit right with you, then there's alternatives. And if it seems fine for you, it's probably fine. We don't know. You know, we just don't know. At the mm-hmm. end of the day, yeah. like, I think that's a thing you just don't know. And I think like one of the things that's happening quite a bit with respect to like food and, you know, natural products or all these different things is like there's so much fear mongering out there that it is like a trend, right? It is a trend. It's a marketing tactic. It's this whole thing. But and that I don't I'm not really down with that, but it's increasing awareness. People are asking some questions. People are looking for alternatives. Like, I don't think those are bad things. I don't really feel like we should, you know, that we should be scared into making these choices. But... And and now that there's more available, things are not as expensive as they were. Totally. And they're way more widely available. You can get, you know, you can get lots of natural deodorants like at shoppers now. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to go into the depths of Kensington Market. Yes, or anymore. online. Or just yeah, order online. Exactly. Yeah. Or on Amazon or on yeah. website. Well.ca's yeah. yeah. entire business model is exactly. based on making better choices for your family. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And five years ago, like e-commerce has really exploded. I, mm-hmm. You know, like when I first started out um, in terms of what was available either online or just in local shops, like it's just so different. The landscape is so different, mm-hmm. which is great. Like there's more competition, which is challenging for me, but it's, 
overall for the greater purpose of mm-hmm. making natural products available to people and having it. Did a, you bring it away? Can we see it? Yeah, I did. Come on, let's crack it open, girl. <laughs> we got to touch. We got to feel. Yeah, we got people to need it. to hear us talk about the product. You're super tactile too. You're always liking to play with things. I well, know. I'm also yeah. I'm very tactile like that too. Like when I the just pot was here, it. when the pot was here, we were like touching and smelling it. And okay, we had a pot. Yeah. We were doing a pot. We just did a pot podcast. Yes. And we literally were like opening and cracking. Oh, it's so pretty. What are these? Those are dry shampoos. Dry, so you don't like to shower shampoo. every day. You need that. Okay, so it can I try it right now? I want yeah. dry shampoo to work for me, but because I shower every day, I think <gasps> I do you wash your to. hair every oh day? Oh my god, guys. Because I run every morning. So but if you, I don't shower, <sighs> I feel really gross. Hold on. But you and I'm yeah. super okay, fine. Okay, this is gross, but you could Okay, it's not gross actually. <sighs> I don't know so why I said that. You could like dry the sweat from your hair. Yes. And then put the dry shampoo on it. Well, my experience is I mean I could try yours for sure, but my experience is my hair is so thin and so straight yeah that if i don't shower it's just like stuck to my head like oh my god give it a shot because it will give you some volume Mm -hmm. and boost. try it maybe like i'm gonna try it right now so hold on let's talk about is i didn't know is dry is dry shampoo not clean generally so a lot of the dry shampoos that are on the market right now talc are like yeah so maybe some are talc based but a lot of them are aerosols talc and powder yeah Yeah. and that's not good for you Mm. if you breathe it in especially not good okay yeah, okay. but a lot of them are actually, there are many powders, I think, around uh, various mm-hmm. degrees of like natural to not so natural, mm-hmm. but the ones that I take I issue, oh, you got to like use a No, I didn't smell it. I'm smelling like deodorants and having a little through it is really nice. nose orgasm. I love your stuff. It's so pretty. It's so yeah. pretty, Aaliyah. Yeah. So yeah. That's why I want to see it because we talk about yeah. how pretty Thank it is. You. Yeah. It's but like really you could like pretty. have this in your bathroom and yeah. it would be like, it's pretty, it look like, like a hotel. Yeah. Like it's like, Thank it looks you. like hotel quality. That's what it looks like. I'm going to crack one open okay, and shake it in my hair. something sharp. I don't know if your nails will do it. Don't That's break it. your nail. Can I see? Are these different flavors? No. So the dry shampoo just has something. one scent, but the, the Lemon deodorant. Lemon and bamboo. bamboo. Is that what it says? Yeah. The, the branding is really pretty. Thank you. Who did that? Me. Good girl. Yeah. So you did everything, right? I did everything. Yeah. Like I I work with a graphic designer who probably is super frustrated with me (laughs) because I'm like, I want it to look exactly like this. Like you have no creative direction allowed. Like I'm going to do it. You just put it on whatever. We're going to guys, we're going to crack it open. I'm going to shake it in my dream right now. Like even a pencil. Yeah. You just need to like stab By the way, guys, our studio audience (laughs) is our studio for our studio listeners. For people not in our studio, our studio is Dina's kids' basement where we play. So there's, I'm taking a pencil right now to jab open Aaliyah's dry shampoo. Mm, Did you get it? Did it the pencil smells lovely, work? babe. Yeah, so that's like. Okay, lemon. I'm gonna shake some in my hair right now. I'm Perfect. taking my hat off. Do it. Okay, but don't put yeah. like the big, is it open on no, the no, big No, I have hole? like the salt, the pepper okay, and salt shaker. Yes, do I put okay. it in my hand or right in my hair? Like maybe do your hand first. Okay. Okay. And then you can like sprinkle it onto your I'm hair. I'm shaking it in my hand and I'm going to put it in my hair. I'm going to sprinkle it. it. Okay. I really do like sh- dry shampoo. I haven't really used it though. Did, when much. you use it, did you use an aerosol one? Because that's like my big problem with dry shampoos. So yeah, tough. they're convenient. Yeah. But like I'm not really down with the whole environmental impact of aerosols. What is the environmental? School me. I don't, I don't know enough about it to talk about it on a podcast that's uh-huh. going to live forever. Uh-huh. But like the ozone layer, isn't that a thing? Yeah. I can Google it right now. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, it's so it's funny you should say that, Leah, because I wonder all the time, like this generation of women or people, yeah, we grew up with like the three R's: reduce, reuse, and recycle, and we are very, I think, hyper conscious, especially as in Canadian people, yeah, we're so aware of our, I think, our carbon footprint more than the average bear. It was that part of your 
desire? Do you have an ethos to the company that helps drive that sort of conversation or I just think we grew up with it and now we're sort of teaching our kids something similar, right? Yeah, it's true. I mean, as a company, by the way, how does my hair look with my dry shampoo? It looks good. It doesn't, (laughs) you can't tell that you have it in, which I said, I'm super jealous of her hair. She has lots of hair and I have no hair. Well, you don't have no hair. You don't have hair. You guys hair. just hair. have completely the opposite I hair. I have yes. very, very fine different hair. Little hair. Yeah. It smells lovely. Really good. Thank you. Yes, Andrew. And Andrew says he's <laughs> Andrew hair. has no hair. So I have more hair than oh, Andrew. Oh, it feels so nice. I yeah, can see. Yeah, it's like super fine. Is this a different one? No, it's the same. They're the same. Yeah. yeah but I, I brought you guys. Uh, That's so nice. It one. smells like something familiar, but I don't know what it is. So it's scented with essential oils of like lemon and mm. some geranium, some lavender. It's very nice. Wow, Thank Leah, you. that's such a good product. Sorry, Thank guys. You. We were talking about Dina about the fact that we, Dina took a pee break. I went to go pee. I've never peed during a podcast. No, never. Ever, <laughs> ever. <laughs> ever. And I, I'm a camel. I don't pee usually for about 10 hours during the day. No exaggeration. I don't pee at all at K-Crew. I've used the washrooms like 15 times at K-Crew, even pregnant. <laughs> but I drank literally a liter of Andrew's um, soup, chicken soup because my throat was all scratchy before. And actually, my throat feels totally fine now, but I had to pee like a liter. That is so fucking funny. So sorry, funny I left. Idea. Yeah, come back to that. So we were talking about <laughs> like as millennials moms or people who grew up at least with reduce reuse recycle and how that's actually changing the ethos of the world yeah and that we like care about stuff and are we care about our Some people still don't care about shit at all and canadians i find young yeah. canadian moms feel like, a lot of trash issues in the world but, i agree yeah. with you i'm saying though i think we make decisions like i just bought reusable snack bags for my mm-hmm. kids i love those and my son mm-hmm. my husband's like what are you doing but he's from a different generation and i'm like this is important he's like those are going to get thrown out. I bought beeswax for like to cover my stuff. Maybe, and not because it's trendy. I actually feel like it responsibility to show my kids like this yes. is organic waste and this is how we do stuff. So yeah, I, is I, that never, part I never of your wanted business? the beeswax stuff. It didn't never really work oh, for me. I, I, I use a lot. We use a lot of like um, Rubbermaid-y things. Like we don't, we don't put plastic on that stuff, but uh-huh. I'm all about Rubbermaids and then we re- re- washing them or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I will rewash like Ziploc bags and let them dry. That's right. how my parents were when I was a kid. Person. And my I'm parents okay wouldn't that. buy like the fancy Ziplocs. Like Ziplocs have like a Ziploc. Yeah. yeah. They still, to this day, the buy the ones version. that like the, so you have to like fold the, over. Yeah, my fold mom over, does that. And they do the fold over and, and like my sandwich would be like up. in yeah. my knapsack. Yeah. <laughs> but they still will do that. Or oh they'll keep that. twist ties. That's a story. They'll, 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 they'll save twist ties from yeah. like when they buy bagels. Uh, and so and they're do I now because my parents used of times and they're just like a metal. The white is gone. Like the white plasticky cover thing is gone. That's that's my smell parents. This, yeah. It smells so nice. We're just we're still sniffing Aaliyah's products, guys. Oh, it does smell nice. Yeah, it smells great. I like the mint. I like the lavender and herb. Very nice. I kind of want to try it. I do it. Try it. I do want to try it. We're going to yeah. try it. I The current brand I use is, I think it's called Crystal. Like it's the actual The crystal-y thing, thing yeah. Mm-hmm. But this one's like a wet crystal. But I find it works quite well. I think yeah. it doesn't. Up- it doesn't tolerate long runs, though, I have to say. I haven't found anything that is quite like, you know, like secret or whatever else for long mm-hmm. runs. You mean you get like sweaty or you get stinky? I get stinky. Because mm-hmm. I don't even use it antiperspirant I use deodorant but yeah. I feel like it's yeah I think that's the thing um with deodorant versus antiperspirant right like if you're someone that's switching well, what over what is the difference so an antiperspirant is like you know your secret typically or your degree or your dove or whatever you're probably using before lady speed stick whatnot uh-huh. those are antiperspirants so they're going to actually stop you from sweating um so that's why you typically wouldn't feel really sweaty when you were using your whatever, your secret from before, like I used to use. And then when you switch over to a natural deodorant, it's not an antiperspirant. It's just a deodorant, meaning it's going to deodorize your sweaty armpits. Mm-hmm. You're still going to sweat. You're going to feel sticky. You're going to feel all these like kind of sensations that you didn't feel before when you're using 
your conventional kind of antiperspirant. Um, but I think that's kind of the whole theory behind it. It's not like stopping you from sweating. It's not plugging up those pores with anything bad. It's just making it smell nice. I feel like it's a very good guy smell. one. This combination like, I mean, of the two. smells so one. nice to me, Andrew. This combination of flavors that you've come up with here are so beautiful. Like everything I've smelled is so appealing. Like it's so, uh, like it's so um, satiating for my senses and it's not overbearing mm. at all. It's like so... It's muted. Yeah. yeah, I love it. This Thanks, is my favorite. My, the guy one I like a lot. We don't ever talk about products like this, but we really no. dig these products. This is legit. Yeah. We're like smelling them for the first time and loving them. But this eucalyptus and spice one. Oh, yeah, that's it's sick. sexy man yeah, stuff. Yeah, it is sexy. It but is, it's right? not like gross man stuff. It's yeah. Andrew's now. <laughs> yeah. And Andrew just stole it. He's like, I don't care what you say. I'm taking it home. And I like this vanilla and mint one a lot. Yeah, that's one of the this most one's popular like ones. so fresh yeah, and like. It's very nice. Love. I'm lemon. a lavender girl. I'm really enjoying this lavender one. Perfect. My favorite one is lemon and rose. Is there one? Is there a lemon and rose yeah. in there? Yes, People it's right there. I love that one. Anyway, we do enjoy it. It's legit. Thank you for bringing them. Thanks, guys. Mm. That's very nice. Um, yeah, I wish I could do dry shampoo. Um, I have tried a few times. Yeah. I want try this product. I want. I want it to work. I will try it. I'm trying it it's again. Very nice. Okay. I feel like you should try it. And you always shower in the morning, right? And then you yeah. So I typically you run like, and then you shower. Yeah. So I work out in the mornings, whether I run or spin or whatever. But right. like I'm greasy. I'm gross after. Yeah, yeah. I and even when I wake up, my hair is like this is the end of the day. Yeah. And I showered like whatever twelve hours ago, something like that. Not even twelve hours ago. I showered at nine or something. And like already, it's like flat. And so like you'll see like I mean my hair's been up or whatever, but it's like this. And then when I sweat, it's like this. Right. And then it just doesn't look good. Mm-hmm. And the whole day I'm kind of like, like feeling yucky, and then yeah. you just don't feel confident, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I Try really it want one day. to not shower. And then people say like you have to train your hair. Like if yeah. you shower every day, you lose the oils, and then you're exactly. your body makes more. Oils. Your body makes more. Oils. It totally makes sense to me. But I don't know. Like even if we went away last week to the cottage, and I was like, I'm not going to shower every day. Yeah. And I'm going to I'm going to train my hair. I've got a week. I don't care how gross <laughs> I am. I lasted zero days. <laughs> we went for a hike. And then I went for a run and I felt disgusting. And so I had to shower my hair even. Like it's not even just my body. It's like, yeah. I don't know. Could you wet your hair without washing it? I've not tried That's that. That's a good idea. Yeah. Because it's, it's, they say that it's the, if you want to Topanga hair. Yes. They, I remember reading yeah. about this when I wanted Topanga hair. <laughs> I was so hair. jealous of her hair. Oh my God, Topanga. But she also has literally she has a lot of hair. more hair than me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying. She said she literally never used the same shampoo two days in a row okay. or two showers in a row and she only washed her hair once or twice a week. Yes. So I know some of the best hair practices is like to try to keep those oils in your yeah. hair as long yes. as possible. Yeah, and I know that. I know, yeah. I've know. i been told true. that by many, many a yeah. person. But yeah. Try it. Like, but I if I know. wet it, then I can't do the dry shampoo thing because I'm going to wet it and then blow dry it and then you should dry shampoo. That seems like a big waste of you time. Can use that, you can use it after you would blow dry it, for example. Like, So I, I wash my hair like one to two times a week and I work out like six to seven days a week. So, And I'm like a pretty good sweater too. But I refuse to wash my hair every day because I have a ton of hair. It takes forever to dry. And I like to shower at nighttime. I like to like take like a hot steam shower and then just go to sleep. It's like so you go to bed with your hair wet. I go to bed with my so hair I, wet. I, I hate that. I hate it. Do you it. braid it, Aaliyah? No. Put it up. I just nothing? like put it up in the bun like this uh-huh. and I go to sleep. And when you wake up, it's... I'm like, you never know what's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. I mean whatever. But then don't you have like the um the circle of wetness? So my hair is elastic? like quite is quite wavy, so yeah. it just works. It just yeah. uh-huh. works with the rest of my hair. Right. So funny. But, so what for I would, me it would give me like a, a kink. I think if yeah. I would take it down, it would look like kink yeah, to the center. You would have, yeah. 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 No, for me, like I, I usually put it even a little bit higher, like right on the top of my head, and some of it will be falling down. But I'll clip it and then I'll go to sleep. Um, but what I do um is. I know I'm not going to shower in the morning and my hair has been sweating already for maybe three days. I'm disgusting. But I'll dump a bunch of dry shampoo in it before I go to bed and I won't even like shake it through or brush it through. I'll just kind of 
leave it on the parts that I know get quite oily or greasy. And then after I wake up in the morning, like by sleeping and tossing and turning, it's like worked its magic and I wake up with nice smelling and like not greasy looking hair. Um, so you could try that if you were a morning, if you're a nighttime shower or if you weren't going to wash your hair in the morning, if you're skipping a workout, but try it. You could definitely wash your hair and then use it after. Um, there was a, I do, I do have a friend and she, uh, she uses it. She has fine hair. I don't know if it's as maybe fine as yours, but she swears she uses it to give herself more volume. Mm-hmm. And her hair is similar color to yours. And um, she uses it, especially when she's like putting it up in a ponytail, she uses it to give herself volume like at the crown and stuff. Right. So you could try it. Yeah, I will try it. Try it I'll out. pour back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us about where does this retail? Do you do everything online? Or are you... Are you, do you retail anywhere that's brick and mortar or is everything your business models, everything is so, direct order? Or? Yeah. So like a little bit of both. So mm-hmm. um, earlier this year, I, yeah, I pretty much had like what I'm calling a midlife or an existential crisis. And I was like, this business is not fulfilling me. It's like nobody wants this product nobody likes this. I'm wasting my time. Like all these like crazy voices in my head. I feel like when we met up last summer, cause we, we met last yes. summer, who introduced us? Do you remember? Uh, one of Omar's friends, actually one of my husband's friends. Um, Natalie. Oh, not okay. Fine. Natalie, okay. Right? Now I get it. Yeah. Um, now, now I understand the connection. So we were thinking before, I'm like, how do I know her? Yeah. But we went out last summer yes. and I think you were in this like, I don't know what I want to do with my yes. life. And I don't know if I love doing my job. And, exactly. And you were like, this crossroads and meanwhile I was meeting with you like I'm gonna launch cosmetics what are you doing you're like I don't know I'm on a place you should ask me right now (laughs) I'm not sure if I'm happy in this world yeah we had a great chat but that's true I was kind of starting to feel that at that time and um so I kind of like let myself feel all these feelings and I let myself believe that you know like I did it I haven't built something that is you know providing any kind of value to anyone's life and anyhow I had this like very massive sort of like imposter syndrome problem. And I was like, I need to shut this down and do something else. And so I decided in, I think it was like March or April, I announced to like all my retail partners, I had about like 25 or 30 at the time. um, And to all my customers that like, this was no longer happening. So if you want, buy out the inventory and like I'm shutting down and going to do something else. Um, And so I did that and I felt like happy with my decision But then the more I talked about it with other people and had some interesting conversations with other brands that were potentially going to want to acquire the formulas or acquire the brand, um, I had some interesting conversations that made me feel super like anxious about everything. Giving it up. About giving it up, but also like, oh my God, they're going to ask me all of these questions and I don't know the answers to these questions. When... That's a crock of shit because of course I know the answers to the questions. Mm. Um, but I was like literally having an anxiety attack between any before any of these conversations because I was so nervous that they were going to ask me like, oh, what are like your revenues? What's your cost? Blah, 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 blah. And I, I know all that, just maybe not off the top of my head. Um, but I know... I'll, like it's not a hobby, right? Were you looking for exit? Is that were you? Was that your when you were built? Like a lot of people when they're building their business, they're thinking, I want to run this for the next forty years. I want to yeah. pass this off to my kids. I want to exit within two. I want to exit within yeah. ten. You know, yeah. I think a lot of people, most entrepreneurs, I think, have an idea of where they're going with their business. Yeah. So not, I didn't have like an exit was not the like the idea or the strategy that I had in mind when I was like, this sucks. I suck. I'm closing this down. That wasn't if I wanted to exit. 
I wouldn't have done it that way. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. but I had some interesting conversations anyways. And what came out of them was me like walking into them feeling really unsure and really like scared. And then me walking out of them feeling quite angry at myself for not giving myself like literally any credit. I, I sat through these meetings with like the most like, you know, pivotal meeting was with a bunch of guys. And I was like, why did I let them make me feel like I don't know my industry and my business and my Mm -hmm. numbers and my product. And so, but they didn't do that to me. I kind of like let them do that to me. And I ended up leaving that meeting feeling so angry at myself. I was like, what have I done here? Like what have I like literally let myself Hmm. talk myself out of something. So I kind of did a whole bunch of soul searching and um, I decided that that was a great moment that I guess I needed to have in order to have, you know, the confidence in myself and just like the awareness and just like, that's okay. I'm cool. I know what I'm doing. I know what I did. It was an oops business, but like, it's a super valuable product to lots of people. Like the number of emails and messages I got for the, in the months following, like when my inventory sold out, I couldn't, like, I couldn't believe it. Obviously I knew I was selling deodorant. Like I, I have 25 or 30 retailers and they were ordering from me on a monthly basis and I was selling a good number on my website. Like I knew that people were using these products, but somewhere along the lines, like it just all got muddled in my head. So Mm -hmm. right now I I just opened back up like officially formally um, about a month ago and a bunch of my retailers have come back to me Mm -hmm. um, and are super supportive and like, you know, put in some purchase orders and um, things have been going really well on my website. So I think I'm going to focus a little bit more on selling direct from my website um, as opposed to trying to go out and restore those retailer relationships. Not because, (laughs) excuse me, not because they weren't great. Like well.ca was one of my retailers and that was a great account for me. Mm -hmm. Um, But I kind of really want to have that beginning to end customer experience like I want to write a little postcard to you when you order from me I want to tell you how to use a product so that you're going to find success with it I Mm -hmm. want you to know that you don't have to apply like 20 swipes of it for it to work because you're scared it's not it's going to work don't waste your money just put two swipes on (laughs) and wait a couple minutes (laughs) let me think how many swipes do I do one two three four five I do five swipes (laughs) that's like (laughs) my natural instinct I think I do two I do three one two three four five I do five (laughs) I've never thought of it before. I think yeah. I maybe do two, maybe three. No, I do five. <laughs> She's like 25. <laughs> no, I do five. Yeah. I because we're all going to wake up tomorrow and like think about me swiping. Yeah, everyone's going to be there. Yeah. So I kind of yeah. like, I want to own that, that experience. I want you yeah. to land on my website. I want you to like what you see. I want you to get all the answers that you need. And you I want, want it to be more personal. You're bringing I it back to, to like the roots of the company. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. And I want, you know, I want to, if a customer has a problem with something, like I want to be the one to fix it. I want to have the chance to, to do that as opposed to a retailer where, you know, someone could have had a simple situation where they didn't quite understand how to use a product, let's just say, and they didn't get that support from the retailer and they were like, oh, this is shit, I just wasted my money. Like, I don't really want that for anybody. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to focus more on um, selling direct from my website. Mm-hmm. And if... Customer experience. Yeah, yeah, that's super important, right? That's, People can go... But that's a thing. Now compared it. to five years ago, it's yeah. not like you can't find a product like this. Uh-huh. I'm super proud of my product, but I'm also not blind there are other great products out there that didn't used to exist right so i kind of want to 
I want to provide an experience that you wouldn't get if you pick that up from shoppers or wherever, right? But it's funny, Leah. I think that's interesting. Dina is somebody who only orders online. She does never. She doesn't have time to go to a brick and mortar store. I don't do anything. I mean, Andrew does shop. Andrew does Costco and Loblaws runs every week with the kids. But I don't go anywhere for anything. Like I don't even know when the last time I went to a like I went to a shoppers maybe three weeks ago to drop off a package that I tried really hard to get into a mailbox. It was like I like a <laughs> shipping order because I I get everything shipped to my house, like everything, whether it's clothing or Amazon or whatnot everything even like Costco food sometimes gets shipped to my house and then I only order from places where they will send me a return shipping address through Canada Post where I know I could package everything back up and throw it back in the mailbox so I try on some dresses I like two I don't like five they go back in the mail so I try very hard it's like a game of trying to get things to fit in mailboxes so I can avoid going to the store to drop off the Canada Post box so I had to go to Canada Post. My Dina, box like, would not go in the mailbox. Like, I've left. I'm one of those people. I'm one of those people, like I'm the asshole that like, leaves something in there that like, fuck, it got stuck. And then I'm like, I can't get it out now. So sorry. <laughs> Close the gate. Anyway, I'm that person. So anyway, so I had to go to Shoppers and I was like, oh, there's a couple things I need. I couldn't do it. I could not walk through the aisles. I came home and I ordered the exact same product on Amazon. <laughs> it would have taken me 10 minutes. I knew exactly what I needed. It was like three things yeah. I needed. I couldn't do it. I hate shopping. Hate it. Hate it. But I love online shopping. Um, Amazon is my friend. I love it. I don't know. I can't do I can't do stores. So I'm all about online. So you know, I, I'm gonna be launching some some cosmetics and yeah. some other things in the next year or two. And we're like, do we do stores? Do we like entertain, you know, partnering with companies or retailers? Do I do everything online? I don't know. I personally like online stuff, but a lot of people like stores. You know, I think with like you know, personal care products and cosmetics and stuff. I think there is something to be said about being able to touch and to yeah, feel smell. and to smell. That's and why to I wanted to do that it. here yes. because I wanted to see the products and yeah, yeah, to so people to hear us ooh and ah. Because you're you're a store person, right, Elena? It's my favorite pastime. Yes, <laughs> take me to yes, Dollarama any love day. That. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas I dread going to Dollarama. No. Like that just gives me anxiety. There's too it. much shit. You Elias, we're driving in the car and he sees the Dollarama. He's like shopping in the store. Can <laughs> we go take the credit card? Like he knows he's two and a half. Yes. Oh he knows gosh. that that's where we go. Yeah. So, but I grew up in a family that like our pastime was like walking around Walmart oh, at eleven at night. Though. Oh my parents! Yeah. My, my dad loves shopping. My go, my dad was shopping every day, whether it's like a grocery <laughs> store or La Buzz or Costco or Dollarama. My whatever. parents too. Every yeah. day, it's never given me any joy. Yeah, I, I, it doesn't necessarily bring me joy. It's just like almost, I don't know. The tactileness. I don't colors, know what it lights, is. It's like sound. I like to see products. Yes. I like to see things. I'm so tactile. I yeah. do like to touch and feel. Yeah. I think it's interesting, Ali. I think it's interesting to know that you were f- first to market, you know, then the market explodes. You're still sort of like a, you know, a small fish in a very big pond. Yeah. But you're like, you're fighting for it, right? Which I think is admirable. You've had this like crisis thing. And then as Dina sort of is going to be entering into a similar arena, you know, you're going to have to like grapple with a lot of these things. Yeah. I think product is a very hard business. Yeah. I, I think for me, that's mm-hmm. too why I like I do the whole serial thing, the serial entrepreneur thing. Right. Because if something doesn't work, okay, well, you know, invested Pivot. in it. I tried and then fuck it. I'm yeah. out, you know, like, you know, ho- hopefully in a couple of years, I'll have five or six different brands and yeah. whatever is doing the best, then I'll keep Lean pursuing into. that. And yeah. that's yeah. right. So, for me, it's just boredom. I just yeah. get bored really easily. Yeah. <laughs> but it, but you yeah. also have your full-time job, right? Or you still work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I work like three days a week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be very stressful for me. I, I, you know, kudos to any entrepreneur that has one business and leans in with everything to their one, mm-hmm. you know, business. I could never do that. That, that, you know, it's so funny. I'm saying this out loud. It's so stupid. What I'm saying, I started Kid Crew um, <laughs> and that was my only job. <laughs> well, not really. I still worked in the hospital too, but um 
I don't know. It seemed different. Working at Kikri seemed different. I wasn't going to not have patience. Yeah. But I mean, but I guess it's the same thing, right? But um, to start something like a, especially a physical product or something like retail and not do anything else and put all of your eggs in that basket, like that's amazing for me. Like I, people do that. A lot of people do that. And that that's terrifying. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It is terrifying, but it's sort of like that whole chicken and egg thing, right? Like, do you do it and put everything in it and it's scary and you might succeed? Or do you kind of like do as much as you can while you're juggling other things? I Always half baked. That's the thing. You can't that's the problem. do I just took the plunge. Well, I just left right? my full time job. I just resigned from TechTO. Like, literally just resigned like yeah. 21 days ago. Oh, recently. Yeah. I walked no in. <laughs> no, like, like literally three weeks the, ago. Picking like, the X on like the calendar. It, it wasn't that. For yeah. me, it was momentous. It was momentous because. Monumentous? Mon- monumentous. <laughs> big deal. That's a big like, deal. Are you, oh, are you saying, I'm yeah. so tired. How do you uh, stops working after <laughs> nine o'clock. Yeah. And the brain stops working also. I think for me, the big deal is for any woman or any person to take the plunge into yourself, right? That's what it's about. It's yeah. saying, I'm doubling down on me. I'm now responsible for those pieces and no one else is. There's no other scapegoat. If things are fucked, it's my responsibility. Yeah. But also like income is an important part of our life and society and wealth is important and and being able to provide is important and like our life would be much better if I was making a very nice steady salary, but I don't think my, I'd feel fulfilled and I'd always feel half baked. Yeah. So taking the plunge, at least for the interim, and this is the time to do it. I think as we're sort of on that shift in our own um, spectrum of identity as new parents, why not just add another layer to yes. sort of saying this is the time to reinvent, right? Yeah. What do you think, Aaliyah? Yeah. You know what? I have to say that I do agree. I wish I had the balls to do that. I just don't. I just don't have the balls it to do balls. it. It takes balls. It takes balls to do it. I feel like I can't articulate why this is so scary, but I agree. It's scary. It's, it's just That's scary. Why. I think it's just scary. Yeah. But I think like I do agree in the sense that like, okay, so I wonder if my employer will listen to this. Anyway, I no longer do clinical work where I work. Yeah. Um, I stepped away from doing clinical work a couple of years ago because like I came back from mat leave. I had the business that I was like trying to you know maintain and it was growing organically, which is great. I had like a 15 month old who was just like I'm sure any other kid like was going to school or daycare or whatever and was sick literally every other second. Mm-hmm. I was still seeing patients. I was canceling all my patients all the time. I was making my colleagues like do my work. I just didn't, I wasn't doing a good job. I wasn't doing a good job at anything. And like that was a super shitty feeling. And so it, an option came up to take a more administrative role. And I was like, done, I'm going to do this. So mm-hmm. I don't have to stress about work anymore. And so my work is like, completely unfulfilling although I I love the place that I work I love the people that I work with like the work does not do it for me Mm -hmm. but it's like that steady income you know it's like the things that you need the benefits and the Mm -hmm. this and the that um and it allows your passion and exactly it allows me to free up the space in my head and you know in my schedule to have you know I I have space in my head to to think and to do this I think most people have jobs that they like tolerate may not be their passion and that's why a lot of people are getting into the whole side gig side hustle thing to fulfill their passion in a less scary way because they still have the income 
right. to not screw up their whole lives if it doesn't work. Right. <laughs> but it's hard. Lives. Well, true. Thanks, I mean, Dean. no. I no, mean, well, first of all, you both have a business already, right? You didn't just start and I know, jump in, but right? I have. To, but just on that note, yes. I had a great job. I had the best yeah, job totally. on the planet, yeah. working with the coolest guys, doing the coolest shit. But I still picked me, right? Yeah. That for me, which was that was which the is scary amazing. Part. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying, kudos to you, right? Yeah. Um, I think it's amazing when people leave paying things to do right. entrepreneurial work. But you did that work. too, Dean. I know, it's funny you that I'm saying that. You left a full-fledged yeah. practice to start No, but I saw my patients though. Yeah, but it wasn't the same because... But you still took the huge plunge. I did, but and it's funny because I only noticed that when I was saying it out loud because I didn't actually feel like it was a plunge at all you just, because I... I there was never a second of doubt that Kikru wouldn't work. Yeah. I've never, I've never thought you. that it was, that's yeah, your... but I, would, I also had the patients and whatever. I yeah. don't know. It, it seemed different because I don't know. I feel like healthcare is different. Like who's not going to see a doctor. It just it yeah, seemed less the risky. Most normal it career seemed, of all time. Yeah, well, thank you. But I mean, it just seemed less risky than launching product, you know? Maybe I do yeah. think like a product based business Crazy is thunder. like a beast of its own. Yeah. Um, it was thunder. Yeah. But, I think it's super exciting. Like I like the fact I I like the fact that I'm making something with my hands. It's amazing. And I'm like, you know, you're using it. Or like someone in Ohio is using it. Like that's really amazing to me. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, not to say that creating like having a service-based business or like a technology-based business, those are impactful and amazing too. But it's just so neat that like I made something and now, you know. Lots of people are are using it. So there's yeah. something about product-based businesses that I think, like, again, it's the oops baby. I didn't know that it was so interesting to me, but it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. It is awesome. I, I, no, I think it's really cool that you, that you quit and you did your thing, uh, that you're doing your thing. it's crazy. Yeah. I'm not a doctor. Right. And I don't have 50,000 patients, but I definitely, and I don't have, like, a product. I got to try. That's my theory. I have to try. Yeah. And the day I quit my job and I like cried in the car before I did it, but before I went to go see Alex and Jason, I sat in the car and I cried and I was like, okay, I got to take a video of this. Cause I'm just like crying about, about this experience. It was, it's not necessarily the, the job. It was the resignation with the plan of saying my job now is my life. Like this is what I'm supposed to do. You know? Anyways. It's crazy. The whole it's bet- crazy. betting on you, like what you said, right? That's, it's yeah. betting, right. It's doubling down on myself. Yeah. And I learned so much from Alex and Jason. I mean, they themselves are f- serial fierce entrepreneurs, right? Yeah. Coming from that tech startup space was like bananas to watch people, mostly men, really believe in themselves. Exactly. And not a heck of a lot of women really believe yeah. in themselves. And, that's and definitely not moms who are like, breastfeeding, feeding, believing in themselves. And I know not every mom needs to like start a business on a mat leave. Just go to the gym and raise your kids and go back to your job. That is fine. And 80% of the time you can wake up and really just be, live like a totally cool linear life, you know? And 10% of the time you should really love your job. And 10% of the time you should really not want to ever go to work, you know? And I think that's the normal cadence of life, right? I I agree. And I think the thing is like this whole you know, a little, like, I laugh about it now because it does seem quite dramatic, but this whole, like, crisis that I had or, like, I my existential crisis, I actually think, I feel like it's so common for, for women, and I'm sure it happens to men too, but for women to, like, just literally not believe in themselves and talk themselves out of things. It doesn't have to be a business. It doesn't have to be anything. It can be, like, going to the gym or making healthier choices or you know, being kinder to your spouse or being more patient with your children, like whatever it is, right? Like we totally have the capacity to do all of these things 
we just have to be our number one fan. Like nobody else is going to do that for you. And if you don't believe in yourself, this is so cliche, but if you don't believe in yourself, like how's anybody else going to even believe in you, mm -hmm. right? So I never used to talk about my business like at all. If somebody would ask me like, oh, Leah, how are things going with my Brick & Co? I would be like, oh, great, amazing. And then like immediately switch the topic and never come back to it. And that person was probably genuinely interested, mm -hmm. but I just didn't even have like the courage or the whatever you want to call it to have a conversation with someone. Yeah. Um, it just felt like the kid, we I call that the, like the kish guys, like the balls, like I want to say the tits, you know, to like <laughs> say it, you know, <laughs> whatever, yeah. whatever you want to call it. I didn't uh -huh. have that. I just like, I was playing small. I felt small. Um, because nobody else made me feel that way. Like I did it. So uh -huh. now, you know, it's totally a work in progress. Like, I'm going to talk about this more. And hey, I but you have a big product here. I don't know about you, but I think what's interesting about a deodorant, and that's what's so interesting about the anti-perspent deodorant business, is like people become like cult followers. And of, that's what I didn't what know love, about right? my own brand because yeah. I was so kind of just focused on the operations of the business and it was just humming along and running, which is great. And... I guess I never let myself even have those conversations, right? Like Your I would just switch, the, yeah, yeah, just switch the conversation and talk about something else. Be self, be self-deprecating. Like talk about my kid. Like do literally anything else but talk about this. Mm -hmm. I feel like really shitty about myself for doing that to myself for five years. But hey, whatever. I'm here now. That feels <laughs> like probably much more common amongst women entrepreneurs than mm -hmm. than men entrepreneurs. Like not that every man is like super like outgoing about their business and every right. woman is not not at all. But I feel like it's probably a bit of a dichotomy, right? It, what, yeah. You mentioned like you sat down with these four guys or three guys or whatever yeah. about talking, like selling your business. I think this is a very common experience yeah. for entrepreneurs where women are not taken as seriously. So, you know, like investment is not as much for women and right. grants are not as high for all women and all of these things, right? <clears throat> Was that your experience when you spoke to various companies? Totally. And I think And that you're selling a woman's product. I mean, not necessarily. I mean, men, Andrew's totally using this, but it's, it's probably thought yeah. to be more for women. Yeah. Right? Or like, you know, the women that are making those purchasing decisions, yeah. buying the deodorant for their husband. Hence, I just told thing, Andrew right? what deodorant he's using. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and he's like, okay, fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You just just do it. She says. How much does it retail for? So the stick of deodorant is sixteen, mm -hmm. and the dry shampoo. So those little guys are fourteen. They're travel sizes, and there's a bigger size that's twenty six. And who? Where do you manufacture? So I have a studio in my home, like in my basement, is my dedicated studio office space. Oh wow! And I have a couple of girls that work with me. Um, one of them, her name is Katie. She's super sweet. She's been working with me for like three years. She does like ninety five percent of all my production. And then, do you do your own fulfillment too? I do it, yeah. Good and I want to do it like, like for a little factory. Yeah, exactly. Good for you. How do you physically make this? I mean, don't tell me, well, I mean, I can see the ingredients, but how do you make into a thing and it's put handmade. into a thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're like, we make them in really tiny batches. So like about 20 sticks per batch. Um, and you basically, you kind of just like, you know, combine and you melt up all the ingredients together. You know, take it off the heat, so add fun. the oils. Yeah, it's, it's really like fun. Chemistry. It's kind of like cooking or baking, yeah. you know, like... And so I think part of the reason why I felt like I was no longer fulfilled by this and this wasn't like my thing to do was because like creating the products, creating the branding, creating the scent profiles, like that's super exciting work for me. But you can't like, you can't launch a new product every yes. month. Like that's just not how it goes. You got to put your head down. You got to sell this product. You got to fulfill yeah. the orders, maintain those relationships, et cetera, et cetera. And so, and then once I had Katie working with me doing all the production, which even though it's like, um, like, you know, it can be like mundane work. Someone else should do that for me, um, work with me to do that. That 
is like a nice creative process for me. Um, but once I took that away and I was doing more of the stuff that should be, you know, revenue generating and all this stuff, it kind of took away the fun of it. And I think that's where it all just kind of got muddled and I lost the purpose and I lost the why and I lost, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like the magic in this being like an oops baby. Um, <laughs> so you're like the creative part. That, yeah. I think that's how I am too. I think yeah. that's why I keep creating new ideas totally. because I get bored. Like <clears throat> w- once I launch something, I'm like, okay, what's the next? Like I, I, I'm exactly. the idea person. I can think, I can think of ideas all day long yeah. across anything related to kids' health. And we chatted about this Any day, too. all day. Yeah. Like, it's my favorite thing. Yeah. You no, know, my new brand, I have seven things already. Like, I've already created formulas for six different things. I have, like, 15 others in the works. That's crazy. Everyone says, like, do four things, do it good, good, well, or, you know, yeah. do three or five or whatever. But I have, like, endless ideas of things that I think, you know, should be on the market. But that's going to be my downfall. You know, like, in, instead of me really pushing three things... I'm going to put out 15 things, but that's because that's what gives me joy. Like thinking of the different ideas is, is what that's my creative piece for me too. And I think that's, what's missing like from, you know, that's what's missing when you get into the nitty gritty of a business. Like it's not always going to be the part that you love and that brings you joy. And I think that's, or maybe well, I, you should do what does bring you joy and bring on people that will do what doesn't bring you joy. Totally. Like, why do the marketing if you don't want to do the marketing? But I like that, right? So oh. now or whatever I, it is you don't yes, like. Yes, yes, exactly. Right? Why don't I bring someone on to do that stuff yes. that I, I don't That's like? That's my strategy. No one likes fulfillment. Yeah, I don't want to do... I actually like, don't mind it. Like, I like writing <laughs> like the book. You like shoving the... Like, I wish someone would, like, pack it for me. But I don't mind, like, writing the book. Like, I just like to start packing. For my businesses, I want, like, someone else to do all the COO kind of stuff. Yeah. Because that doesn't give me joy. I want to think of the ideas and come up with the formulas and then and the branding I want to look at the pretty factor and like the stuff the physical and then I want to do anything else I'm happy to promote it but I don't want to talk to the retailers and the manufacturers and no interest I think that's totally fair and I think that's super like to be so self-aware is going to be very good for you because I mean you've done this a few times right but the more you know about yourself and what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are right obviously you can play to that um So I think that's, you know, part of my whole journey is to figure out like what brings me like joy, what can I tolerate, what can I spin to make it more joyful for me and like seriously what's just the shit that needs to get done. Like sometimes it's just that, right? Um, But I think that along the way I kind of lost sight of the big picture and it was just like heads down, head down just working on it and I think that's kind of like... I feel like a, like having a small business is just like having a baby and being a mom for the first time. Like nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. But on Instagram, right? Like you look at all the other moms and all their like organic food and their like child has, you know, combed hair and, you know, wearing matching socks. <laughs> they don't know. And meanwhile, my child like can't see face, because yeah. I haven't cut his bangs yeah. in like legitimately 18 months. And I don't know why he dressed himself in every single different super. I don't know why he does these things. He's so cute. But like I'm just not that mom. I'm just mm-hmm. not that person. And I think I've got my shit together enough. But you look at the other moms and even if you don't think you're comparing you're comparing right same with businesses you look at other small brands and you're like ooh like yeah but you don't know what's going together. on behind the door that's like, a thing they have it's a brand manager thing. and someone else is posting on Instagram and everything looks beautiful right just like their family looks beautiful we went to the park after dinner today and my kids were on the swings and I'm looking at them and two of them had chicken on their face <laughs> and two of them had chocolate under their necks so good uh, and I, I didn't wipe it I was like this is perfect yeah. but I also didn't like Instagram and all that stuff right like a lot of people would be like Instagram perfect they're not perfect or the opposite now right. they're perfect right that that's not my thing but yeah yeah um yeah I think just I think you it, know the, the authentic so, yeah, yeah it's so similar and so similar like you know new motherhood and like trying to figure out a small business um but it's like a joy 
It's easy to make your make your everything look perfect, right? I'm reading yeah. a really good book actually called The Upstarts about like Uber Start and um, Airbnb mm-hmm. Starts. Yeah, and they're like ridiculously I'm mega, so you know, billion dollar companies, right? Many billions of dollars, and their starts were so fucked up. Like yeah. the number yeah. of times they almost fell apart and then started again, and almost yeah. fell apart and started again, and like all the years great and the story. craziness. And they're yeah. really great stories. And this yeah. book is really really well written, but uh, but it, it puts things in perspective. Like yeah. no one has their shit together, you no know. And these are these are um, companies that many people were throwing money at and they yep. you know they were evaluated so high and they got tons and tons and tons and tons of funding but still there were so many like yeah. ups, you know, and downs. ups and downs and I think and, that's yeah. that's normal like what's a good story without you know some ups and downs and yeah. some struggles but what anyways, we see right? on Instagram etc yeah. what we share yeah. Yeah. you know if you hear when these guys talk about their company it's like yeah there were some tri- trials and tribulations but now we're worth a hundred billion dollars right. but when you have the whole story and every yes. piece of it and month by month by month you realize that there, you know things were not perfect For right sure. no lo- company just hits you know the no. big time and then we're done Aaliyah, right. and I have to say your story is so it's so humble and it's actually so relatable and inspiring and I think on this podcast we tend to attract women who are like uh, women of influence and women of in high power positions who um, don't aren't always so candid about that piece of like feeling imposter we have some women who are maybe I don't know, like Lauren Ha, I think actually was a little bit like, oh, I don't like to talk about myself. But generally, women on the podcast are coming on to like to self promote right. to some degree, and that's okay. By but me I think be- we've all spoken about the fact that we felt like imposters or shitty moms or shitty business. I know, people but I don't or- know. But I find Leah's story to be yes. very, very humbling. Yeah, and very humbling to be like, yeah. I kind of fell apart, and now I'm just putting it back yeah. together. <laughs> totally, you know. And I think that's so raw, and I love that sort of like things are a mess sometimes, you know, and that's okay. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I think that like gold standard that you're talking about and like the, the, uh, the reality of being a person in this era is that you see things, right. Yeah, totally. And when Instagram first blew up, I remember talking to somebody who I trust and I was working at a camera company for Canon, like it's a photography company and talking how this, like a phone is a gateway to real camera. Right. And the joke was that Instagram was Twitter, but for girls, cause there was no words. Like it was just photos. And then you just like inferred whatever you wanted from it. And I always think about that. Like what boys would say in like a copy of 150 characters or less 140 characters, you would just like snap a photo and then like impose your own, um, views or whatever you see whatever you want to see so it's interesting to say hear you say like that's how you sort of feel as a small business you see certain things and that can affect you deeply yeah I right? feel I feel like yeah for sure and I feel like you know I was driving over here and um, yeah we were chatting before about how like, my husband had asked me before I left home like do you know what you're going to talk about? Like, <laughs> do they send you questions? And I was like, no, <laughs> we don't do that at all. He was completely wrong. Right? It was a conversation. And I tell people we're shooting the shit. And right, people exactly. write back, you mean like, really? And I literally write an email, like we're shooting the shit. That's what, what you wrote. said. Yep. And people were often write back and they go, so no preparation. I was like, no, send me like a one liner, about who you are, which Alana then reads for the first time ever on the podcast, <laughs> which you guys hear every week. And you can, she's like, <laughs> and butcher names. And <laughs> I totally yeah. up her name. Um, yeah. So uh, that's raw. Like this isn't, you know, I've, I've met Aliba, before, but most people I've never met before, never had a conversation with. I know almost nothing about them, but I think that makes it, it's more interesting for me, which is all I care about really. Um, so yeah, there's no prep here. Like I, we don't, she learned who you were when we walked in here. Right. And you know what? I kind of love that. And even though, you know, before my husband asked me those questions, it didn't strike me that I should prepare for this. Like, this is the kind of person I am. Like, I literally don't know what I'm doing 
99.9% of the time <laughs> in my life. So why would I know what to do the first time I'm invited on a podcast? Like I didn't. Is he more of like a prep kind of guy? <clears throat> yeah, he's a super, I shouldn't talk about him. We all talk about our husbands. I mean, yeah, it's okay. embarrassing how much he's we, like we should talk about sex and farting and shit <laughs> and like their bodies. Like he's supremely organized. Um, he's like just like a more of a structured person than I am. Not to say that I'm not structured. I just am like a little bit more adaptable, maybe. And I have like my I march to the beat of my own drum, and that's that. Um, <laughs> so I feel like if this were him on a podcast he would be prepared as maybe I should have been but I knew when I drove over here that it was going to be this conversation it wouldn't have been any different if you're prepared how no, would you, would you have answered things differently I had, well I would have probably tried to and then failed it would have sounded weird I yeah. wouldn't have sounded like me and yeah. what's the point right yeah. like, our first guest came with like flashcards <laughs> and I was like <laughs> she literally sat down and we we're like you could put those away she's like no but there's no no you're putting them away and she didn't do anything with them she didn't at all <laughs> didn't at, at the end she was like next time I'm on I'm going to talk about this stuff I'm fine <laughs> um, when you decided that you were like okay fuck this business yeah. was he like cool or was he like what you just did this for the last five years oh man oh man so like if you ask him his take on this is he found out that I did that because someone called him or like messaged him <laughs> and was like what the fuck did you just see Aaliyah's Instagram she shut down her company and he's like I don't know like, <laughs> you didn't discuss with him like we you know some couples I think can work really well in business together mm-hmm. like I don't know if you guys are like that with your mm-hmm. partners but like we are not one of those couples yeah. and it took us a little while to figure that out. And I think it's better for everybody involved if I just like do my own shit Yes, and he does his and I talk about it sometimes to him and he just nods and says, mm-hmm. And then we both move along. And she's laughing. And she's like, <laughs> on his headphones laughing. But he's sort of kind of involved, but not really involved. I think that the thing about, about him is that he is like, he has so much experience in, you know, with entrepreneurs and he advises He's a lot very of connected people. In He's that super connected and he world. has he yeah. has like these huge ambitions for me, even if I don't know that I have them, right? Um, and I remember, you know, back when this was not even a thing yet, and I was like, I think I want to like make this into a business. Let me just create a logo and a name. And I said to him that my definition of success would be if one store picked up this product. Someone that I didn't know, like a buyer from a store or like a little mom and pop shop, picked up my products, sold them on their shelves, and strangers actually bought it. Like for me, I was like, <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be success. And he was like, okay. And so then it obviously like was more than that. Um, and I never really like articulated my goal. Um, and so I, I just feel like, you know, along the way we were kind of working towards two different things and it's better if we just don't talk about it so much. So he found out through Instagram and then he communicated his thoughts to me later. (laughs) (laughs) No comment. Yeah. Would he be the kind of guy that would like wants to take this business and make this mega business? Um, I think, yeah, that would probably be like more ideal for him. Yes. Um, I want that husband. <laughs> I want Andrew to leave his job and take all of my pseudo ideas and oh, make them into a business. No, no. Mm-hmm. He would not want to do that. He would want me to do that. Yes. He okay. does does not want to be involved with it. <laughs> <laughs> he has his own stuff going on. Yeah, he yes. does. Does um, he ever? Does yeah. he ever? So yeah. So I mean we we are working on a way to have 
because he has all these like skills and yeah. um, experience that would be super valuable to me. I just have to be able to receive this feedback in a positive way. <laughs> so <laughs> I still remain married. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Right? That's so, me and my husband. I found my challenge, maybe you'll find this relatable also, is that my husband and I both have fierce entrepreneurial spirits. We just both can't be entrepreneurs at the same time because someone has to feed our kids right. and clothe them and pay our mortgage. We can't both be bootstrapping mm-hmm. you know, on our credit cards all the time. So sort of he did it in the first bit of our relationship and I supported him and I was like working at like a nickel a job and now he's working a job and supporting our family. So I think that's part of the challenge when you have a lot of entrepreneurs under one roof. Yes. And I always say like a family is like a business. You need one CEO and one COO and that's it. There can only be two decisions. And that's why if there's any other adults in the ha- household for very long, it fucks everything up <laughs> because there can only be two decision makers. Someone who like makes the executive decision, someone who controls the operations and the budget. That is all. And the children are just the employees and the dogs and stuff like that. You can't have anyone else. And then they turn 18 and they got to move out because you can't have another CEO in the family. Sorry. Peace. Mom and dad, I'm 18. I'm going out. Right. Leave. Run away. You can't have that many bosses. Yeah. Think about like I was saying how scary it is to start your own business and leave a job that's that's paying. You know, if there's two people, like if Andrew was like truly part of Kick or whatever other business and didn't have another income and I didn't have another income, like holy shit, that's scary. Mm-hmm. So scary. But it's also so much like support of each other. But yeah. it's probably a lot. I mean, some people do it and some people don't and they get divorced. But Well, some people also just choose a different lifestyle. Yeah. They just like move somewhere else and they yeah. like, okay, we're going to build a farm or we're going to yeah. build our widget or we're going to go into production of this product right. and we're going to do it and we're not going to do any, we're not going yeah, to send gonna our kids to private and school we're doing, yeah. and we're going to pull our kids out of school and we're not going to buy anything new for a year or we're going to like get out of debt and all we're going to do is throw our eggs in one basket. And yeah. I find that like, mega courageous like if I didn't have the safety nest thank god of a spouse as somebody who I trust who has a lot of skills like my husband is a skilled man even though he makes me crazy a lot of the time he's not perfect but he's very good man he helps me make my business function so it's different my husband like has a toe in and he's like I think he's always like a little bit like peeking over being like peeking over the hedge being like what are you working on what can I help with? Like he started that neighbor being like, do you want me to hold the other side of that? You know, will you cut that by yourself? So he's very, that sort of thing. Like he will often help me get across a finish line or help me problem solve. Yep. But I need that. Like I'm always flying the aircraft and building it at the same time. That is my business model. That's how I've always been. And I'm probably not going to change doing that. So he, he's my co-pilot in that sense, but he does it in his evenings and his weekends. Cause like, someone has to pay the mortgage. But I think he would, if we, if money wasn't an issue, we would both be fiercely entrepreneurial and doing a lot of things, writing books, opening restaurants. He's also creative. I'm creative and we both can execute. So we'll see what, we'll see what the future brings. I'm excited for like our life, entrepreneurial but I also just took the plunge. So now I'm like, let's go, you know, <laughs> Reed Hoffman, the, the starter of um, LinkedIn and a few other things. Yeah. He says like entrepreneurship is like jumping off a cliff and you have no airplane created, but you're creating the airplane as you're going off the cliff. Right. So you're like putting shit together so you don't die. Right. But you don't have the airplane made. And that's right. totally it. It's like that's this exactly scary what, what the like fuck I'm, experience. Yeah, that's exactly my business yeah. coach said to me. That's exactly what I'm doing. She's like, you are building the plane as you're. Yes, as well, you stole that it. from Reed Hoffman. That, right, of course. Yeah. I love that analogy. That's yeah. exactly what's what's happening in my life right now. Yeah. So, um, okay, tell us about your family. We didn't talk about your kid at all. You have a kid. I have a kid. Yeah. yeah. So he's four. What's his name? Niall. Niall, cool. Yeah. 
He's a good one. We're yeah. going to keep him. Uh-huh. He's good. Yeah. So he, yeah, today's the first day back at school and I first day at school. No. Like, so he should be going to JK, yeah. but he's staying at the Montessori that he's oh, okay. been at. Yeah. But like, I still feel like, shouldn't I have taken that picture? Like every other Instagram, like I fucking <laughs> forgot tomorrow. to do that. Shit. Do yeah. I'm going to do it tomorrow. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I legitimately it's the first week forgot. of school. Yeah. It doesn't fine. matter. And it's the same classroom. It's the same teacher. Like, <laughs> Different yeah. outfit, I took the photo even though there's like 365 days of school for my kid because he's in I'm like September 3rd, <laughs> September 3rd 2019 like like you know preschool that he was at every day for the last eight months yeah you but know I if you do like a picture tomorrow if you write first day of whatever yeah. I'm sorry yeah. in 10 years you will not remember that oh. so you know I'm taking pictures of your kids year. I was thinking about this over the weekend when I was with my kids I was taking pictures and the number of times you're like yelling to smile just friggin smile and be not, whatever yeah. and then you think about the stress of that moment how like kind of fake and contrived it is Two years later, you don't remember how terrible that picture was. It's just so beautiful that picture. You know what I mean? I don't. When I look at like my wall of my favorite pictures, I don't remember which ones were like fucking Ryan just smile already, yeah. and how many were just like, like you know, smiling without me even asking them to. Uh-huh. It doesn't matter. It's just a wash. It's a beautiful smile. Yeah. My ten month old who's turning eleven months. Like, oh my god, minute, is she really? She's turning eleven months. That's already. insane. Crazy. Awesome. I'm doing this podcast from a year. It's oh my crazy. god. You have a two year old. Yeah. Your baby's a two year old. It's insane. Yeah. So Essa has become accustomed that when she sees the phone, my daughter sees the phone, she's like, she's like <laughs> she like is literally like gummy teeth smile, ready to go. Like literally. Give her two years, she'll be like, fuck off mommy. No, she's I, literally, I have turned her into this like Instagram oh, celebrity like where so she's, Instagram whore. she's a whore. She literally is. Oh my oh God. <laughs> Sorry. Poo-poo. Instagram whore. Instagram no, she's an Instagram yeah. whore. Where I, like, yeah. I, I open the phone and she's like, I'm ready for my close up. Yeah. My name's <laughs> Essa Freaky Sunshine. Yeah. I'm ready. You know, <laughs> literally that's what she looks like. So tell us about Niall. So Niall's four, four and a half. So he's four. Yeah. He's a Canada Day baby. So he was Ooh. born on July 1st. Awesome. So he's, yeah, I can never forget his birthday. Uh-huh probably still will but so yeah he's four he's funny do you like being a mom i like being a mom yeah yeah was it everything you thought it was gonna be no yeah it's bad it's really bad no it was <laughs> what does everyone think it's gonna be i don't i don't remember being a kid and being like this is what it's gonna be like when i have children you I know what it's so funny I'm, I'm actually preparing my speech right now for mom fast i'm doing like a whole thing um at the end of the day and my opening visualization is close yourself, close your eyes and picture yourself as your 19 year old self and what you thought your life was going to look like and what you imagined motherhood was going to be for you. If that was even going to be your thing, were you even thinking about being a mom then? What were you, did you, when what you, did were you 19, imagine were you? like your future life was going to be as a parent? I always yeah. thought I was going to be a mom. Yes. I just thought I'd be this, like it'd be a completely different experience than what it was. What did you envision? It not sucking so fucking hard. <laughs> I think people don't think the about time. the shitty parts of life in general. People don't think of the shitty parts, but the oh, bill of unless they visualize that, like unless they grow up a family where there's no. lots of chaos and sure, a lot of people think about the shitty things that they experience. But if you have this like lovely life, you may not, or you, or ideally, you don't really remember the shitty things. You know, of or you not. weren't involved. You don't know if your parents had financial strife or relationship right. strife. Or yeah. a lot of people but do. I think, I think, but when you close your eyes as a person and you're picturing your adult let's say full-fledged as we are now, adults responsible for other people paying a mortgage and stuff, I didn't anticipate it to look like this. And mm-hmm. I have to imagine that if I feel that way, a lot of people feel that way, that this is like, oh, this is what I actually feel. I feel like we were sold the bill of goods. Being like, ha ha, <laughs> the joke's on you. It's really hard a lot of the time. And it doesn't get better, it just gets harder, you know? And that like, hold on to the moments of infancy because babies are so wonderful. It's like, Hold on to those moments because it gets 
real harder, harder <laughs> and harder. And parenting toddlers, teens, tweens, adult children, it just gets bad, you know? Yeah. Do you find I, it getting harder, your kids, as they're aging? No, or? my kids are getting, yeah. like, things are getting easier. Yeah. They can communicate. I'm They're sleeping. Yeah. My tits aren't, like, <laughs> bleeding all the time, right? <laughs> my vag, I think, is healed, you know? Sex life yeah. is better. Like, things yeah. are better. Yeah. Like, the um, things that seem unsurmountable when you're in them you mount them and then they're better but no pun intended general, pardon <laughs> no pun intended with your sex life yes <laughs> yeah. the, i'm being sponsored by we vibe right now so just <laughs> drop that um it's it's great those things but in general i just feel like it's kind of a lie the whole thing yeah and i think we're perpetuating it ourselves now with the advent of social media when i see a blonde family of all these white people who are like five sorry guys <laughs> not you I mean, Andrew, like, not mm-hmm. you but like like i keep i'm trying to unfollow those people actually from my like yeah. preview from yes. my feed because i don't want to see your perfection all the time i don't find it inspirational or aspirational i just find it irritating makes me feel like i'm not you yeah. so give me a girl with some roles on her body and people who are saying funny shit like that's what i'm into right now you know yeah i'm finding people from the uk and from australia and from the states and whatever who are like just more my brand of motherhood you know that's right i think you can tell uh, you know a 19 year old all you want about how difficult life is and they can't hear it they can't hear it you can't even say like you know university next year is gonna be really hard they're like oh yeah you know because their frontal lobes are just not developed in a way that you can explain those things and you could tell someone like you know think about you know our our moms for example you know like my mom said very little about menopause she really she she's not a complainer that way but she could tell me all she wants about menopause and how much it's going to suck. But in my head, I'm like, it'll be so much easier for me. Like, mm-hmm. it'll be, I'll keep running and I'll be fine. And I'll like take some estrogen and I'll be good, you know? Until you live it, you can't really feel it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, as much as you can share it, right? Like, ha- how many times have you told people how much breastfeeding is going to suck when they have a baby? Right. Or, you know, the Mac truck, as you describe, right? Right. How, you can say that till you're blue in the face. People still have to live that experience to of feel course. how shitty it is and how joyful it is. Absolutely. At the same time, right? Like, that amazing joy of having kids right and take care of little like kids right but also how shitty it is at very other many other moments and i think that you hit it right on the head Emily. it wasn't fair for me to ask you if you like being a mom because the undertone <laughs> of this podcast is like well we all kind of like being a mom. like it's beautiful and terrible at the same time it's, it's right a beautiful disaster yes yeah that's like, a great way i of love it. it there's aspects of it that i love there's aspects of it that i just tolerate Mm -hmm. and there's aspects of it that I hate and it's like not the ass wiping and like the snot blowing like I don't even hate that stuff like Mm -hmm. that's fine I'll tolerate that it's like it's just it's always there like it's I'm always going to be his mom Mm -hmm. right like that's always going to be like a responsibility that's mine and only mine to carry Yeah, and maybe that's like I don't like that. Maybe I don't know. I'm just trying to figure it out. Are you my out. mom? No, it's you. No, yeah, it's me, yeah. fucker. It's me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Me. It's always yeah. gonna be you, and you're yeah. right. And you're always gonna be mom, right? I mean, yeah. it can be dad too, but it's not the same thing. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. not the same thing. And I don't know. Is like the weight of it. Is that what maybe I don't like? I don't know. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. And do you guys feel like this too? No, do you, do you think they don't about even think about the shit, Dina. <clears throat> no, they are not thinking. And about Andrew's the like shit. a very emotionally connected person and a really excellent father, as we've spoken about. But this is not something you ever think about, eh? Oh, <laughs> uh, he's like, no, he really, he's like totally uninvolved in this conversation. But no, I think this is not a thought that many dads have. No. I'm sure there, there are many that do, but I don't think most They're sort do. Of thinking like, I think the pressure is higher for moms, 100. percent And it's 
The question is, are we relieving the pressure with these conversations? I really hope so. By even just acknowledging the fact that like you ain't alone in sort of yeah. those, those like those um, mixed dualities of like loving and hating every minute of it. Right? I feel like we should have more conversations with um, uh, single sex families. Cause I wonder if like, Two like dads. two women feel the same way or two men feel the same uh-huh. way or if they're, I mean, again, we're talking to one guy here who doesn't give a shit, but I'm sure lots of <laughs> other dads feel very, 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 you know, emotionally connected. He's not, not, I'm putting this in a different way. Andrew's very emotionally connected <laughs> to our kids, but that same like visceral thing that I'm, yeah. and not every mom has that too, right? But yeah. I think a lot of moms do, but I, I'm curious actually if, if other um, caregivers feel the same way. Oh yeah, so funny, I was I was nursing my daughter today and she's like looking at me and I was like, I'm the only one who can do this. I'm not the only one who can nurse you yeah. and make you feel better and you're looking at me being like, mom, 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 you know? And I'm like, I'm looking at you and I'm like, I'm I'm your mom. Fuck. Like it's only yeah. is me. Yeah. I think that's such a you put it right on the head. Like, I don't know. It's like it almost it just still feels weird for me to yeah. say. Um less so now. It's been, you know, I've had four years to kind of come to terms with this. <laughs> but the first time that I called um my son's Montessori, like maybe to arrange a different pickup or like I'm not really sure. But it was like, you know, hi, this is Aaliyah. And then I paused. I was like, they don't fucking know who I am. Like, why am I saying my name? Like, this is Niall's mom. And I was like, oh, <laughs> it just felt so weird. Um, it just felt weird. Like I was like, I was an imposter, you know, like this like theme I remember feeling life. the same thing, but saying that I was mom. I remember saying, introducing Andrew as my husband for the first like year. It felt weird to say the word husband, even though we were dating for so long before that. Yeah. But you're right. There was like those labels. Yeah, when you suddenly got that label, then maybe, it just feels weird. Maybe yeah. that's what it is. Maybe it's that like, yeah, it's that label yeah. like for life. And it's, yeah. I do like being a mom. Like I, I love it. I think that we need to have conversations like this. Like Ellen, I think that mm-hmm. it is helping. Like if this, like if one, you know, person hears this and it was like, oh great, none of my friends, you know, talk about the stuff and everyone like loves motherhood and everyone has all their like shit together. I'm the only one. Like, no, you're not like, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'm I've doing. I've never, I've never met someone, an, a, a, a caregiver of any sort that thought everything was like butterflies and rainbows. Oh my it God. just doesn't exist. Right. There's, there's shitty things to being a parent. There's a shitty thing about life. I mean, no life is perfect and yeah. there's, there's good and bad and there's joy and there's strife and then they get older and you forget about the strife as much as the joy. And that's just how it goes. And that's why people have more kids because the sure. shittiness of the first they four forgot. months, yeah. you forget about it, you know, and how sucky it was to be pregnant and right. delivery itself and all these things, right? right. Coming you from tend to forget four. about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You forgot who who hates it. pregnancy and vomits the entire pregnancy oh and gosh. you know, all these things. And, you know, I'm so honest about hating the first four months. I love my kids. I love them as babies, but I would really rather take a four-month-old home. It's so interesting. (laughs) I I think about our responsibility as moms and this generation of moms is like we're trying to just raise really fucking awesome humans, I think, or extraordinarily average humans just so that they can like... I'm going for more than average, actually. Are you? I'm going for very average. Like, give me who you're not. Yeah, I am. I am. You really just want average children. I want my kids to be really good at TikTok. Like that's what I want. <laughs> like, this is what I'm striving for. So you need to put like a um, what are those boards called when you like envision what you want? Vision yeah, board. vision boards and you five year plan. Elias is very good TikTok at TikTok. And average. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think. I think exceptional is hard. 
Yeah. I think people who are exceptional have a really hard life. No, I, I want but, my kids to be exceptional at something that provides them joy and then average at other things. Well, what I liked what you said once a few podcasts ago, you're like, I don't want my kids to be, I want my kids to know how to play all the sports. Yes. I don't need them excelling at any yes. particular sport. I don't want them to be, ex- exactly. I don't want them to be excellent yeah. at any sport such that I don't have to take them at five in the morning to like a swim meet. <laughs> yeah. But I want them to be able to swim with their friends. Yeah. I want them to be functional at all sports. Yes. Enough that they can have fun with their buddies. Right. But not so good that it causes my life more chaos <laughs> <laughs> which i yeah. think is awesome that but being I, said if one of my kids was like a super savant at something i'd pursue it if they course, wanted to you have to but i would like, rather them not be Eli's <laughs> like looking at ants right now yes. so like Love i'm it. encouraging that you yes. know look at ants you don't wake up at five in the morning for ants so it's <laughs> no, cool yeah but we have to stop every three blocks squat down and get yeah. very close to the concrete austin's running into rocks now so uh-huh. rocky's like rocks 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 i'm like i don't really want you to be like a meteorologist or whatever <laughs> Um, but yeah, I pick up a rock and we're moving. We're going. I don't want you to analyze the rocks. Don't care. There's oh too many God. fucking rocks to analyze. Eliza's like, Auntie, where are you? <laughs> oh That's gosh. like him calling after ants yeah. in the house. They're coming. They're coming for you. All I was getting at was that <laughs> I think we have some weight on our shoulders to do good by our generation, to try to like raise good humans, but also be extraordinarily honest and create mediums that aren't books, you know, yeah. to like inform and millennial moms like they don't want to open a recipe book they want to open instagram and in 10 seconds for someone to tell them how to bake a cookie or right. whatever right or like to scroll instagram and learn how to sleep train with like somebody telling them in two minutes or less yeah. so if this podcast is anything i hope it is it's a medium for people to like at least feel like they're not alone in the trials and tribulations of motherhood i don't know yeah and learn a little bit i think that's yeah. that is i mean that's the feedback i get it's you guys are normal people that just shoot the shit right and make me feel normal about all the things that make my life feel chaotic and teach me a little bit so like right. you know we learn and any, laugh we haven't any learning per se today but um yeah. but yeah i think i learned a shit ton yeah. about deodorant and yeah. small batch making <laughs> and Aaliyah's company fair and fair. i think you like really i don't know i this messaging today very resonated with me a yes. lot so yeah no i agree yeah Tina, what'd you learn today my friend Nothing. badges. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it was. I, I really appreciate your story. Actually, the humbleness of it, because yes. um, humbleness is that a word? Yeah. Let's make it one. Humbly. Yeah. Humbleness. What's we'll up uh-huh. with that? Tina, Humility. Please. Humility. <laughs> that's the actual <laughs> word. Yes, that's the actual word. So yeah. So yeah. I, no, I appreciate yeah. that because I think right I think a lot of people. Yeah, and she's like, what? Um, I think most entrepreneurs. I think most people, and and for sure moms, is what we've spoken about, put on this like brave face of like I'm perfect. And you're like, nope, not a perfect mom, not a perfect business owner. I've gone through all this shit, but I've come back to it and I'm positive about that. And I don't know, I think it's awesome, really. Thank you. I don't see the point, like truly just like with life also, this is kind of why I think Omar was nervous that I was coming here <laughs> not knowing what I was going to say and what you're going to ask me is because like, it's not like I don't have a filter and I'm like a totally inappropriate. I think I can be inappropriate at times, but... It's good not, company. It's we okay. don't have any filter whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> it's not unintentional, right? Like yeah. I don't think that we need to pretend to be something that we're not. Yeah. I like I'm getting older. I don't have time. The tolerance like, for giving yeah. a shit has gone as for giving a shit. This is, this is aligning yeah. me to a T. Like we say everything. That's why there is no prep here because I say whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. We don't edit it at all. And unless yeah, don't call us tomorrow, yeah. 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 yeah, we literally have never edited one. Um, one, well, we one, one, yeah, but yeah, for medical reasons. <laughs> but um, but otherwise, we've never edited it because we. I, I literally don't give a shit. Yeah, you know? and like like it or don't like it. Listen or don't listen. I don't yeah, care. just stop. I don't it. care. Just listen yeah. to something else. Yeah. Go listen to Oprah. We are like, who we are, cool. and that's right. Yeah, but I think also Oprah doesn't give a shit, and that's why I think a lot of people like Oprah because she. I think a lot of you know aspirational 
people, yeah. they're not so filtered, at least not the people that I'm interested in listening to. That's a good point too. And I think that's where the beauty lies anyways, right? Like for me, the reason that, you know, if you're, if, you know, if we were friends from before today and we would hang out, I think you would have the same take that I don't really like sugarcoat stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm mean necessarily, but like, Especially when it comes to myself, like Mm -hmm. it borders on like sort of self-deprecation, but it's honesty. It's Mm -hmm. truth. I don't see the point. Like, why would I waste your time and your time and my time telling you some story? It's funny. I'm all about transparency. And what I'm hearing Dina say, and I'm thinking what I'm seeing is like, Aaliyah, some of like the things that you're saying is like a weakness and like, oh, I felt like, you know, I didn't raise my voice around the table of men, but we're saying like your, your, your humility is... It's very refreshing, I guess is what I'm trying to say, right? So it might be a, a blessing and a curse for you, my friend, for like your entirety of your career. Maybe I need to like figure out how to use it. Harness that. Yeah. yeah it's very, maybe. there's something, you're very enduring. I mean, endearing. Endearing, not enduring. <laughs> they wouldn't listen back to this podcast right now. What is wrong with enduring this conversation in my mouth? <laughs> Sorry, guys. We didn't drink or smoke anything I didn't, at this I'm podcast. I'm totally sober. But I don't none know. of us have words. I don't yeah, know. We're no like all apraxic for some reason. Yeah. Um, cool. What did you learn? Um, small batch. I, I like the small batch. I like the business model. I think it's so um, cool that you make shit in your basement, like yeah. legit making your hands. I mean, oh, yeah. that was the other thing That's I was so going to cool. say is like, what's interesting with like the Etsy generation is that anyone can be a maker yeah. and anyone can set up shop on Shopify in five minutes. Totally. And you got a business. So yeah. if you, I guess for me is that you don't need to be a mom who has a business, but if you have a business idea and you think it's revolutionary or not, or whatever it is, if it's your passion or your hobby, like, Get out there, man. Just do it. This is literally the best time to do stuff like that. Like five years doesn't even seem like that long ago, but it's like years ago with, you know, when you're talking about the things that are available at your fingertips to create your own e-commerce shop super fast. It's super like reasonable from an investment perspective. Right. And there's, you know, there's, um, apps available like Canva. I don't know if you guys yeah. use Canva, but like I'm on it right now while right? we're on our like, podcast. Exactly. Make like. yourself some yeah. marketing material. But yeah. it's like amazing stuff that didn't exist a little long ago. I recently listened ago. to Oh, so you make all your shit on Canva. Every single thing. I listened to so a podcast on Canva and I was, and I asked Andrew but I was like, "Do you know what Canva is?" He's like, "No." And I was like, "You don't know what something is. Andrew knows what everything is." So I was Literally, like, "I should I play with like, it." It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. I'm making an 8 by 8 like step and repeat right now on Canva, meaning should, somebody else um, is doing it. If you guys yeah. haven't listened to the podcast where the founder of Canva was like on how I built this. Yeah. 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 Sometime I just listened oh. to it. Yeah. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Sorry yeah. And she was like 10. She wasn't, she was like 16. She was so she young it. with that printing press yeah. in her living room. Yeah. She was like making yearbooks when she was like 15 years old, a high right? school student in Australia. I was amazing. like, holy shit, girl, you're awesome. Yeah. And then she like raised so much money and, and she was like 19. I, I was like, dude, like I'm bound yeah. down to you. That's and amazing. And she also like didn't know what she And she's was also doing. like a bajillionaire. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So anyways. There she just wanted go. to fix your books. That's I think it's like so cool. to do something. It's I think, you know, what, I, what I'm learning more and more is as, as more entrepreneur women kind of reach out to me. So I think a lot of people have great ideas and they might be really good at one part of it. Like they're really super creative or they're really good at marketing. They're really good at social media. They're really good at, you know, the COO kind of stuff, mm-hmm. the day-to-day stuff, but they don't have the rest of it and people don't have the money to hire other people. So I think more people should come together. I wish there was like a platform for that where you could be like, I'm great at this piece. I need another person to do this. And of course, like- Like a collaborative? You know, yeah, like partnerships are like marriages. Like it's not like a simple thing to be like, I want to do this, I want to do this. Like this is how I met you, right? So uh, um, an entrepreneur friend of both of ours was like, I want to start cosmetics Line. Aaliyah had a cosmetics line and she was like you guys should like partner or whatever right I think there should be more like hookups that way to find 
you know, fruitful, compatible partnerships so that people don't have to do things all alone. Because I think that's like the big step. It's like, I might yeah. be good at really one thing and I have this amazing idea, yeah. but I don't have that other person. Like but I, don't, I co-founders. Yeah, but I yeah. can't, like, I can't afford to find a COO, you right. know? And then I, I you're like, you're left reinventing. Like, and then what do you wheel. do? And then yeah. so a lot of people just don't go anywhere. They don't, they don't start it, right? So I feel like that has to be like a thing. Well, it also takes a long time to find that person. Yeah, totally. Like, I think I just found that person with Mikey and it's a dad. Like, mm. I can't believe I'm working with a dude after all. so many moms I work with, but... Mm. It's like we're the perfect combination right now for what I need this moment. It's, it's great for me. And it's been a long time. It's taken me three years to find that like that person who can yeah. really help me is the yin to my yang who like get, appreciates my creativity, is a great executor. And I'm also a great executor. Yeah. But he's the one of the best project managers I've ever seen in terms of my business. So, so I guess besides like other people connecting to people and you're like a super connector like that, right. a lot of people don't have that experience. I love connecting How to people, How do people man. do that? Like is there like a thing? Someone should create a thing. Some kind of like There's network. Bumble for Business. Yeah, so that people exist for this? Yeah, Bumble for Business exists. Hmm. But uh, I feel like this is a thing that someone should create. Linking people that want to do get on it. similar things. Maybe I'll do it next month. Yeah, <laughs> but it's not. But like, if you want LinkedIn to be like, oh, I need to see it. Well, I guess you can. I get, do you know, I get emails yeah. all the time of people being like, like from the startup, from the tech world, being hmm. like, this is my business. I'm really looking for a co-founder with these skills. If you think of somebody, let me know. Hmm. You know, I, I do get those emails pretty often. Oh, not okay. often in the mommy sphere. Yes. Women are really, I think... Um, orbiting like their small and mighty worlds by themselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's they're not coming together. So maybe maybe we'll have do a dinner party or something. If anyone has any ideas around this, let me know because I feel like I, I want people to be more connected because I think there's many 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 businesses that don't exist because people are scared to or they don't have the resources to and whatever. But again, it's like you know marriage, you know partnership agreements or, or marriage mm-hmm. licenses really. So it's complicated, but. People don't even know that they can meet other people. What do you need? Do you need anybody? Like, is there something missing that you think would help you achieve your goals? This is a deep question. Well, we're getting there. I mean, some people, some people just want to have just solo businesses, right? Yeah. But so I think something that I can't answer that question right now because I need okay. to figure. You're also retooling right now. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, I think that I've done a bunch of you know real talk with myself, like. I'm fiercely independent, like to a fault. Mm-hmm. Um, and I prefer to work alone, right? Like this isn't, this doesn't bode very well for having a partner or a co-founder. I wouldn't mind having someone to share the load with and to help me grow this business in a way that I can't on my own. Mm-hmm. Not only just because of like time constraints, but because of like skill set and whatnot. Um, you know, just like as an example, I'm really not super good at like salesy type things. I think as a person, I'm just not really good about bigging up myself or the products that I make. Um, but also like this feels super personal. Like I made it. And if you don't like it, like that's cool. But I don't even take that. I don't take negative feedback personally, but it's really hard for me to be like, hey, your store is amazing. Like you should buy this product over the 10 other similar products because like rattling Mm -hmm. off like, you know, the quality. So I'm not good at sales, for example. Um, I would really, I feel like benefit from a co-founder or someone like that. I just don't think I'm quite there yet. I was like, you know, going through this nice process a couple of years ago, um, 2017 maybe for about six months with someone. And the intent was for her to come on as a co-founder. And then she, it was going well. And I think it was probably leaning towards that, but then she I was getting, up, up I had a similar else, situation. Which is cool. Yeah. 
Um, but I was like, that was a real waste of time. Mm. There was a <sighs> lot of work that went into that. A lot of time that I could have spent. Babe, if I told you, I think I would have been years ahead of where I'm in my business if I wasn't meddling in the field of like that conversation. I, mean, yeah, I didn't have like, to. It was me just too. A, I, had the, I had the wrong <clears throat> people in front of me. And I spent so much time trying to appease them. And I, I make it was work bullied, with those people, yeah. Like into like thinking that I needed them yeah. to help me engineer this. And I, I don't need them. And that was part of it is also for me, maybe an insecurity being like, I need these other people to like right. help me tool up or approve every decision if it's yellow or pink. And oh, bullshit. It really brings post-traumatic stress and Sometimes it takes, you know, a couple of years of doing a business to realize that you don't need someone for it. Right. You know, like I think yeah. a lot of people start off as like co-founders or having a team behind them. Yeah. And then it becomes more work working on that partnership. Right. And then they realize, but I've already been doing the business and I know everything I need to know now to make it work. Right. So you don't necessarily need to have someone there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a, I have, I had a, a couple of partners for a couple of different businesses and working towards those partnerships was more stressful than building the damn business. And that's a learning experience, right? Yeah. And and now and then you learn. I now know what what are my strengths, what are my weaknesses, what do I need help with, etc. Mm-hmm. It's a learning experience, right? So it's a valuable experience yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I, yeah, I'm not sure. Like, definitely would outsource things that I a, don't have time for. Like, b I'm not good at, or c like don't want to learn or don't uh-huh. have time to learn. Yeah, like, I could definitely be doing more of that stuff. But I don't know what I need. I need you know. Y'all to just go buy some natural deodorant. Guys, if you want to find <laughs> Aaliyah's product, <laughs> it's called Mabrook. Mabrook? Am I saying it right? No, no, you're really not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybrook? No. no. Mabrook. You got it. Mabrook and Co. You know that song like, my neck, my back. Yeah. My, uh. That's it's, how it is? Yeah, it's like Mabrook. Mabrook. <laughs> and, oh, Mabrook. I get something? it. So it's, um, it's an Arabic word that yeah. means blessed. And... Um, so kind of like, you know, your your body is blessed, like put yeah. good things on it, be kind to my it, brook. all this stuff. Does it annoy you when people can't pronounce it? My bro- um, over and over and over again in front of you on yeah. I'm saying it right now. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, practicing. Like, people mispronounce my name all the time and it actually right. doesn't even bother me, but it bothers me. They mispronounce your name? Alaya, Alia. What? It's like such a normal name. It's like pretty phonetic, right? But I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so is my brook. <laughs> it's not my brook. It's, it's my brook. <laughs> that you can sing this song every single time. <laughs> that was a good mnemonic device for me. Guys, if we want to find uh, Mabrook and Co., you can go to mabrookandco.com, M A B R O O K A N D C O.com. Um, also, the same on Instagram and Twitter. Really nice packaging. Thank you. Thanks, Aaliyah. Thanks, guys, for the Andrew. Time. Thanks, Dr. Dean. I want to say your name a different way. I'm trying to think of how. Thanks for Try, coming. Just, I've been called Elijah, so just go with it. Elijah. Elijah. I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, my names get fucked up all the time. <laughs> you? Both first name and last name. Yeah, people, somebody say Dinah. It's not that uncommon to say Dinah. <laughs> Dinah? Yeah, really? Colic. Yeah, and I'm like, Colic? So when I go on like TV and stuff, I say like, it's Dinah like cool Colic. lick. Yeah. Then it's properly pronounced, but uh-huh. Colic is common. Yeah, I was on radio yeah. like four days ago. My name was totally butchered. So right before the radio show, they're like, how do you say your name? I say Dina Kulik, like Kulik. And it was completely fucked up, both my first name and my last name. What? <laughs> really? It's also pretty damn phonetic. Yeah. <laughs> it's anyway. all kinds of people. I need to change it to like D-E-E-N-A. Yeah. K-O-O-L-I-C-K. With a hyphen. With a hyphen, yes. Just type in it for them. Like, yeah. Cool lick. Oh, man. Um, thanks for joining us, everybody. Moms at Say Fuck, the podcast. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. We hope you really enjoyed the content. 
We are eager to chat with the most interesting people about topics you care about. Please connect with us on social media at Moms That Say, at MomsTO, and at Dr. Dina Kulik, and share your comments, requests, and to continue the conversation. If you want to hear more, click subscribe and rate us too. We're all about the feedback because this podcast is for you. Have a great rest of week. Until next time.